Hello, I'm Blair Lemke. Welcome to Let God Speak. Our world is filled with busyness and stress. The burdens of life can feel too heavy to bear. Whether our burdens are extremely heavy or relatively light, Jesus invites us to come to Him to find relief. Our Bible study today will reveal this. On our panel today, we have Hannah Nakagawa and Morgan Vincent. Welcome. Thank you. As always, let's begin our program with prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word today. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us as we study scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, we're studying the topic of rest today, which is quite an important and valuable topic to be thinking about. Uh, and Morgan, I want to throw the question out to you and ask exactly why is this such uh, an important, such a valuable topic to be studying? Yeah, it's a great question because when we look at the world today in 2021, we're mm. finding that uh, the, the rates of you know, depression and stress and mm. sleeplessness, it's mm. just rising at, at uh, really quite scary rates. And so to consider the topic of rest, to consider the topic of, of peace is something which is worthy of our discussion and attention mm. today. Yeah, the world is looking desperately for a solution to this problem of mm. being you know, burdened, being stressed. Uh, and so fortunately, uh, there's a solution to the problem. And we're going to turn to a passage of Scripture that I'd like to read out. We're going to base uh, a lot of our time to today discussing this passage in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. And I want to read here the solution that God's Word offers. We read in God's Word, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls mm. for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. Uh, Hannah, according to this text that we've just read, a very beautiful text, what's the solution uh, to this problem of busyness, stress, burdens? Uh, what, what solution does God's Word offer? Yeah, it simply says, come to me. So come to Jesus. So Jesus is inviting all of us. Um, mm. Yeah, anyone who um, come to Jesus. Um, so uh, anyone to give us um, rest with Him and yeah, experience of rest. Mm. It seems like such a very simple solution to the problem, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's true. To come to Jesus. Mm. Uh, Morgan, I want to ask you, is this, you know, Jesus is claiming that he can mm. solve this problem. Is this something that is exclusively available through Jesus, this rest that is spoken about here in this text? Yeah, again, we can go to the Bible to, to find an answer. And, and I want to read from John chapter 14 uh, and verse 27, but I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation because it gives a, an added emphasis and meaning to the text mm. and to the question, which uh, we'll see in a moment. So I'm going to read it. It's here. And Jesus says these words. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid and I think if we're honest with ourselves we live in a world where there is fear mm. 
And the fact that Jesus can exclusively give us that gift of peace, which he says the world cannot give. The world cannot give it. However hard we try, however long we search for, the world Mm. cannot give us Mm. that peace. You know, that's very interesting what you share with us there, Morgan, this idea of, you know, the world running around trying to find a solution to this problem. And we're look, the world's looking in so many different places mm. to try to find a solution for this problem. Yeah. Self-help gurus, you know, retreats, all sorts of things mm. uh, to deal with this problem. But uh, we read in God's word that Jesus has the exclusive solution yes. to the mm. problem. Yes. And so, Hannah, I want to ask you a question. Uh, in this text here, the very first word says, come to me. Mm. Uh, this invitation to come, as you shared with us just a minute ago. Uh, in, in a practical sense, mm. what exactly does it mean to come to Jesus? Yes, I think coming is the decision of the will. And we all have the personal decision. We, um, Jesus has given us the personal choice. Mm-hmm. Jesus never really pressure us, force us to come to him or to, you know, to love him. But he gives us choice. But um, he's always impressing us to come to him through the Holy Spirit. He's offering us this rest. And I guess um, to come to him, we need to also put the trust in him as well. If we don't know someone, we it's hard to, you know, approach as well. So we need to put our trust in him that he's able to carry our burden. He's able to um, give us solution, give us rest. He's, a, he's greater than our problem or stress or any other concern that we have. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What, a, what an invitation to come to Jesus. Uh, and, and I want to just highlight a statement or a, a word or a phrase from this text here. Uh, we said in verse 28, it said, come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And then in verse 29, we read, take my yoke Mm. upon you Mm -hmm. and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, This imagery of taking up a Mm. yoke is not a common expression. It's not something that we use (laughs) in our common vernacular. Mm. Uh, So Morgan, I want to ask you what exactly this means uh, in the context of this passage. Yeah, it, there's quite a good visual image that comes to, to mind when we consider what a yoke is. And, and we're going to turn in our Bibles to, to Jeremiah chapter 27. And in Jeremiah chapter 27, there's a whole passage here on bonds and yokes. And, and I'll read from verse 11. And it says, But the nations that bring their necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let them remain in their own land, says the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell in it, speaking of the land. And so there's the image here of of these people that would come under the submission of a king or come under the yoke of a king. And so the Jewish nation spoke also of the yoke of the law. They would come under the submission of the law, also the commandments, the kingdom, and also the yoke of God. And so here, going off of what Hannah was saying earlier, it's this submission to God Mm. where we would voluntarily choose to, to come under that and and really, it's the idea of a partnership as well uh, that comes to mind. Uh, it's speaking of a, an animal where it would be placed around, you know, two animals and it would, would see them going together as mm. well. Yeah, and interesting that you'd make that point because in agriculture, this image of a yoke would include, uh, often include mm. yoking or putting two animals together for a for a specific job or task or purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to ask you, Hannah, uh, this imagery of the, of the yoke and, and the animals, uh, the oxen being yoked together, how does this provide further insight into this, pro- this concept of 
uh, taking up Jesus's yoke. Yes. So, um, yeah. So Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, these, um, they are working together to save the humanity. So um, while the yoke is the um, symbol of uh, submission, it also is the metaphor of um, united purpose mm -hmm. as well. So um, we submit to his um, yoke and accept the task that he has given us because he has given us um, to do some uh, things to do to uh, bless others to work for him and so um, it's not like we are carrying his yoke but we are united to his yoke so that um, you know we can fulfill the purpose that he has mm. we can mm. kind of uh, fulfill that united purpose be yeah. yoked to Jesus's yoke and take up his mission mm. his uh, task as our own as well. Yeah, mm. such a privilege. It's, it is, it? it is. God could use angels, He could mm. use rocks and stones, but He chooses to yoke us, yeah. humanity, together with Him. Mm. Uh, what, a, what a fantastic image. Uh, I want to continue noticing this text here in verse 29. Uh, it's, we says, it says in God's Word, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, what exactly, you know, in this text here, we see in addition to Jesus's yoke uh, being taken upon us, uh, there's also an invitation here right, to learn from Christ. Mm. Uh, and I want to ask you, Morgan, what exactly can we learn from Christ as we're discussing this, this idea of rest, uh, of peace? What is there to learn from Christ uh, in mm. this context here? Well, lots in a word. But when we look to his life and we observe his life, we study his life, one theme really comes true. And, and in John chapter 8, verse 29, we see that he says that he always does the things that please his father. So if you will, the, every morning, every moment of his life, his bearing was set to true north in the sense of he would always do things that would please his father. He's always submitting to his father's will. So much so that when we see Christ suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's experience, experiencing the weight of all of our sins, all of our burdens, he even then he submits to his father's will. Even then he, he would say the words, um, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, mm. but as you will. And so this again, we can learn from Christ that he submits to his father's will. Perfect peace. It only comes when our hearts and our minds are united with Christ. Mm. And so, again, it's a gift that the world cannot give. Only Jesus can give it. And we can learn from that as well. And so one other thought is that sin selfishness, mm -hmm. it disturbs that peace. Mm. Mm. It, it, and so then it's like, well, if I'm not experiencing that peace, then I'm, if I'm looking to the world, obviously that mm. it cannot give to me. But maybe, maybe I'm the problem. Mm. Maybe my own sins, maybe my own selfishness is blinding me from seeing the gift that Christ longs to give us as well. Yeah, and you know, I guess that really does bring us back to that idea of this gift being excu exclusively offered by mm. Jesus, mm. Uh, because the solutions that the world offers mm -hmm. don't provide a, a solution to the sin problem yeah. that causes uh, lack of peace, lack of security in mm. Christ. Uh, so, you know, this idea of finding rest, of peace, uh, freedom from the burdens uh, by learning to to trust and to submit in God and follow His will and and His law. This can seem very counterintuitive for some people. Uh, rather than experiencing freedom from following God's law, mm. uh, some people view the idea of submitting to God's law as itself a form of bondage. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, you know, this, this idea that we find freedom from submitting to God's law, from taking his yoke, mm. it, it seems to, uh, for some people, to be a bit counterintuitive. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, it, it, it seems like f- true freedom, you should be not, you know, that God's law is maybe a form of bondage in itself. I'd be interested in your thoughts, Hannah, uh, on, on how you'd respond to this sort of an idea. Yes, um, to be honest, like I had the, the thoughts like that, like, oh, isn't it like a burden or restriction to, you know, to follow the law? But actually, Bible says this uh, in James um, chapter 1 and verse 25, it says, but he lo- who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So God's law is not a restriction, not a bondage, but it's a freedom. And um, as we submit to God's law, we actually experience freedom. And not only that, we will be blessed as well. So we will um, yeah, no longer be bondage um, of the sin. Mm. But isn't, isn't this idea of submitting to God's law uh, yeah, I thought freedom was the idea of being able to do whatever you want to do, mm. uh, not necessarily submitting to God's law. So how would you mm. respond to that idea, Morgan? Yeah, two things come to mind. One, that to, to dovetail off what Hannah said, that when we can trust the lawgiver and see that he only has our best interests at heart, we would see that any law he has is not for restriction upon us. Mm. Secondarily to that, True freedom, as you said, it's not in doing whatever I want to do, but true freedom comes from doing what I was made to do mm. or the, re- the, the reason I was made. And so we come to our Bibles in Galatians chapter 5. And in Galatians chapter 5, I'll read verses 1 and then 13. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Some other translations say it was for freedom Mm. that Christ set us free. And then in verse 13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. This is how we can fulfill the law of God, Mm. by serving one another, Mm. by carrying one another's burdens as well. And so, again, how can we try and find true rest and freedom? It's not just only being occupied with my own life, but it's actually having an interest in the lives of other people. Yeah, well. I, I think that that text really puts it so beautifully. Mm. You know, you've been set free, you've been created for freedom, but don't use your freedom for, you know, silliness mm. uh, to, to break God's law. Uh, use your freedom to serve Him, to take mm. His yoke, uh, Jesus' yoke upon you, and uh, to voluntarily submit, voluntarily mm. submit to God and to Jesus and to mm. the Lord. And, mm. and that's exactly what we see in the Garden of Eden with, with, with the creation of mankind is that they were made to, to live in this, this Garden of Eden, to, to keep it and to watch over it and, and to serve it, mm. to serve the animals. And, and that's the kind of way that, that God would have us live as well. So, Hannah, I want to ask a follow-up question on this. How is submitting to God's law and following His law a life? How does that produce a life of more restlessness mm. uh, than restfulness than disobeying God's law? Mm. 
that's a good uh, thought. Um, Proverbs 8, verse 36, it says this, But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Mm. So actually, by disobeying God's law or living the life that's outside of God's will, it actually hurts us. Mm -hmm. And not only hurts us, it also hurts others as well. And um, and God's law, um, God gave us this law to, um, yeah, you know, de design this law to, um, f for us to fully um, experience His love, His mm. goodness, His rest. And um, yeah, He's protecting us from this, um, the effect of sin, because mm. sin actually causes a lot of pain, guilt, shame, and all that negative mm. things. So for those around us uh, that feel that the law of God is, you know, a burdensome thing, a heavy thing, uh, different to what you're sharing, <laughs> Hannah, you know, something that's more problematic, difficult to comply with, these sorts of things, um, at times irrelevant, you know, I've, I've heard these thoughts shared. Mm. Uh, how would we help? How can we go about helping them to mm. learn to love the law and the lawgiver? Morgan, interested in your thoughts. Yeah, again, if we go to our Bibles, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 11, I'll read verse 30, uh, and Jesus here is speaking, and he says, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God, to say it simply, he doesn't want to make our life any harder mm. than it already is. He wants us to, to, to come alongside him and, and wear his yoke, and to know that his burden is light. And so, the, the Greek term for the word easy in that verse, it's translated to mean good, pleasant, useful, and benevolent. And this really ties in with what Jesus said is that when he's asked the question, what, what is the law all about? How can I keep the law? And then he responds by saying, if you have love for God and if you have love for fellow man, that's the fulfillment of the law. Mm. Paul says that also, that you know, love is the fulfillment of the law. Mm. So again, you know, this yoke that God would have us uh, wear with him is to love him and to love others in service as well. And so, again, he is the lawgiver as the one who is love. Mm. That's what he wants for us. Yeah. And as you know, as we learn to reflect on God and, and the love that he is and as we better understand his law, mm. uh, perhaps this can help assist, uh, disabuse our minds of some of these in correct views or these misconceptions about God's law mm. uh, and we see it for the picture of love that it truly is. Mm. I want to take mm. us a little bit further on in our text here. Again in verse 29 we're going to read and highlight another phrase here. Uh, it says in verse 29 of Matthew chapter 11 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. Uh, Jesus describes himself mm. here in this text as gentle uh, as, as being lowly in heart, as being humble. Um, in the context of this verse, as we're looking at this idea here, uh, what is so valuable about the idea of or the qualities of gentleness and humility? Mm. Sure. Um, Matthew 5 and verse 5, it says, um, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So the meekness, the quality of um, humility mm. and gentleness, this is actually um, is the, described as a characteristics of um, someone who inherit the earth. 
Mm. Well, that seems like it's pretty important. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah. When we see Christ and the way that Christ lived his life, we see humility demonstrated in Christ's life. Mm. Uh, where, do we, where do we see humility in Christ's life, Morgan? Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. we, we see it. And, and again, I'll read from the Bible in, in Matthew, 28, uh, Matthew 20, verse 28. Speaking of Jesus, he says, uh, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This was the theme of his life, mm. that this was the purpose of why he came, not to be served, not to be like any other Roman king or, or Greek king that was existing at the time, but he's saying, no, 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 this is the king of the universe that's coming uh, to live among humans. And he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And how did he serve? Well, he gave his life as a ransom, as a payment for my sins, my selfishness, and for the sins and the selfishness of the world. And so that itself is the greatest example of mm. humility that we can see. I love, I love that concept that where it's uh, spoken about in Philippians chapter 2, where it talks mm. about Christ not considering it robbery to be equality with God, but descending, becoming like humans, mm. even dying the death on a cross, going down, 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 mm. uh, being humble, humbling himself. And ultimately, God exalts him mm. and raises him mm. up. And so, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was such a beautiful image that Christ demonstrates to us this value of humility and encourages us to come and learn from him in those mm -hmm. areas. Mm. Uh, now, I want to look at this idea um, as well. The, the Bible describes humility and meekness as being something that not only uh, is something internally in our life, but it also expresses itself externally in the way that we act the way that we live and even in the way that we dress. Um, and Hannah, what does the Bible have to share with us on that? Yeah, that's a very practical question. And um, yeah, Bible gives us in First Peter chapter 3 and verse 3 to 4, it says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold or putting on fine appeal. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Mm. It really shows that true beauty is in inside. Mm. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah demonstrated um, humility and quiet spirit in 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 our heart, uh, and not on the outside of appearance of or showing off of like you know um, uh, jewelry or dress or um, like a yeah hairstyle. Um, and I think when we have this hu humble and um, gentle spirit in our heart, um, it re really. Um, yeah, really change what we dress, what we wear as well, because um, inside really comes out as well. And um, so that we can have this uh, modest and um, humble um, appearance. What a freeing concept it is that our beauty, our value, our worth doesn't come from outward, mm. you know, adornment, but that, mm. you know, Christ calls us to have this humble heart. And when we have that humble heart, it will express itself in the way that we live externally as well. And, and you can see it really in, in people that are humble and meek. You, you look at them and dare I say that, that the inward beauty, the inward humility, it, it shines out. Mm. And, and, and that in and of itself is, is a testament as well. I want to focus now on our last, uh, the last verse here in our passage that we've been looking at. In Matthew 11, chapter 28, we'll look at verse 
uh, chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Let's have a look at verse 30 here. Uh, it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. Uh, what was Jesus trying to communicate here by saying that his burden is a light burden to bear, Hannah? Yes, so he told us that his uh, burden is light. Um, he wanted to remind us that um, we can trust him. We can rely on him. We can carry our burden to him. And because he is the ultimate burden bearer mm. um, and we can fully trust and come to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, what a, what a, it's interesting that sometimes we like to try to carry our own burdens. Mm, that's true. <laughs> but Christ offers himself here as a burden bearer, yeah. as the ultimate burden bearer. And as we yoke to him, we don't need to carry our own burdens. Mm. And I think, of, um, I think of that passage in Exodus chapter 18, where uh, Moses is governing the people. The burden is becoming quite difficult mm. for him to, mm. to, you know, govern everyone. And uh, his, his Jethro, his father-in-law, gives him some counsel, instruction on setting up a system that will not require him to have to carry all his own burdens. Mm. Um, and we won't take the time to read that whole passage today, um, but I want to throw the question to you, uh, Morgan. What, mm. what are some lessons that we can learn here from uh, this biblical account in regards to burdens and carrying burdens? Yeah, it's one thing that comes uh, to mind is that we need the help of others. Uh, in, in our Christian walk. Mm. Uh, and in Exodus 18, I'll read verse 13. Uh, verse 13 says, And so it was uh, on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. And it goes on and, and it speaks of that, that system that was put in place. Because Moses, he was having every complaint, every, you know, argument, everything came to him. Mm. And Moses needed the help. And so Jethro, as you mentioned, his father-in-law comes along that there would be this system in place. It reminds me as well of, of what comes to mind in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says something very interesting, which, which we can learn from as well. In 1 Corinthians 12, I'll read from verse 12. It speaks of the body and it says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. And it goes on to speak of, of the unity of the, the help and support that comes as each part of my body supports mm. itself. So too, each part, each member of the body of Christ, the, the community of Christ supports one another as well. And so we need each other, uh, whether we like it or not. And mm. so... That's the example that God says, look, you've got a church, you've got a body of believers that are there to support you as well. What a, what a fantastic encouragement for anyone who's a mm. part of the body of Christ. Mm. Um, and it comes to, a text comes to mind in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, furthering from this idea. We read, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. Uh, you know, an encouragement to bear burdens and in doing so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, how does bearing one another's burdens fulfill the law of Christ, Hannah? I think immediate context from this verse um, replies to, um, yeah, offering help to one another. Mm. And when we look at verse one, it shows that whenever, you know, brothers or sisters are um, falling into temptation, we just don't 
like you know just look at them and leave them no 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 we want to help them we want to restore them and mm. um, of course in a gentle way um, and I think um, that's that's why we need each other as well mm. but at the same time uh, whenever everyone has go through difficult time we suffer um, we face very yeah, difficult things but at that time we can carry uh, one another's burden for each mm. other mm. Um, what a fantastic encouragement. We're going to have to leave it there, but what a powerful study. Christ, the ultimate burden bearer, invites all who are weary and burdened to come to Him and to find relief. He offers a rest and a peace for souls that can be found nowhere else. Won't you come to Him today? We're glad that you joined us today on Let God Speak. If you'd like to watch this program again or any past program, go to our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Thank you for joining us. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.